gritty culture and class in America. Live from Long Island's Gold Coast, this is the Melissa Itell Duran Show on Breaking It Down Radio with co-host Frank McKay. I'd like to welcome everyone to the Melissa Itell Duran Show. Frank McKay here, so much more importantly, Renaissance woman, Melissa Itell Duran. Uh, you'll be able to see her documentary real soon on TV. And right now, if you want to see the two documentaries, uh, go to MelissaItellJoran.com and check them out. But a woman who does so many things so well. Uh, here with us each and every week, our host. I'm very proud to be her co-host each and every week. Uh, Frank McKay here, much more importantly. Melissa Itellduran, how are you? I'm doing great, Frank. How are you? Uh, doing well. How's President Biden doing this week? Uh, uh, it's it's been a rough go. I know. Uh, I don't know. I think should we pity him? <laughs> I mean, it, it's tough to be president. Let's put it this way: it's tough, and it's and it's even tougher when you're 79 years old and you're, you know, you may not be at your best. You know, you're, you're physically, well, physically and, and mentally and. And, you know, they wanted you to take on this job so they could get rid of Trump. And, and you, you know, here you are and, and you know, you, you got to get all this weighing on your shoulders. And, and sometimes, you know, you, you can, you can you know, spit out the words and sometimes you can't. And sometimes, you know, a family matter comes up like your son's laptop starts being uh, reevaluated. And, and, and papers that you thought were your best friends like the New York Times are now saying that it's a legitimate thing. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, one thing about the president that that has been said, even by his close supporters, is that he's gaff prone. He's mm -hmm. uh, he's prone to gaffes. And and a biggie yeah. was I, I guess it was last week when he said that uh, there has to be a, a, a regime change. I don't know how he worded it, but that Putin had to go. And then immediately his secretary of uh, Secretary of Defense and the Secretary of State said, "No, no, that's not an agenda. Uh, re regime change is not, not our agenda." And what they had to clarify it. And mm -hmm. when you have to clarify something of that magnitude, you got to hold your breath every time that that he speaks. And he really is. And I'm not trying. I'm trying not to pile on the president, but he is gaff prone. He is. Uh, he is someone who makes a lot of gaffes. And uh, yeah. that doesn't come in handy at a very sensitive time. No, no, it's, uh, he can't. You know, he has a speech impediment. He's he's been open about his stuttering, um, but um, you know, it's hard. Being president is, is really tough. I, and and it's not only him. I, um, you know, George H. W. Bush got sick on a trip to Japan, and during the cocktail hour, yeah, I mean, prime minister. Yeah, yeah, he got very ill and. And uh, he was only in his 60s then, but you know, still, it's it's really hard, you know, as you uh, you know, as you get older. And um, I don't think the, the Biden was is the only president who said things that were questionable. I think one time Reagan said something that uh, he didn't know that was being recorded or being heard. He said, "Okay, now we're going to be bombing in five minutes or something yeah. like that." Yeah, I mean, and that people was a, that was a yeah. major. That was a that was something different. I mean, what Reagan yeah. did there, he was joking. <laughs> And uh, right. testing a mic, and they didn't realize mm -hmm. it was 
uh, it was live, and he was making a very bad joke. And uh, and boy, uh, that sent that sent shockwaves around the world. That oh, was worse yeah. than what what Biden mm-hmm. did here. I mean, no no question about it. that was a terrible joke. But uh, yeah, that that was a joke. He did mean to do that. Right, right. Uh, and and also um, Reagan Reagan dozed off a couple of times too. And Reagan uh, was considered at that time when he became president at sixty nine the oldest you know the oldest candidate to win to win the election, and you know here we are now with a, a president who's close to eighty. Yeah, it's uh, you know there's there's a huge difference between sixty nine and and seventy nine, but you know again maybe you know they say seventy nine's the new what you know what is it the new, what, the new fifty yeah the new fifty I hope so. I'm fifty five so I hope the heck uh, yeah. you know that's thirty five but I don't feel yeah that. oh absolutely oh yeah yeah you're no no you're 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 very youthful so <laughs> don't worry but um yeah but uh, I don't know about you know I don't know about uh, about President Biden, I, I, he's taking a, you know, he's taking a beating, and and, and everybody from Dan Bergino on on Fox News who absolutely hates him, and you know, is just ripping him apart and calling him names, everything from stupid to you know, you know, brain dead. Um, it's it, it's it's really, yeah, it's it's very insulting. I mean, I, I hope that uh, the president has thick enough skin not to be affected by it, or maybe he's not even aware of it. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, well, look. When you're when you're president of the United States, you uh, you take abuse. President Obama used to hear. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know if he heard it because he didn't. You know, who knows whether he paid attention to it. But there were mm-hmm. people. There was a, a segment of the population that was yeah. constantly saying that he was a Muslim and he was trying mm-hmm. to take down America from the inside. And here he is to get elected, and he was just there to take down uh, America. I mean, that must be hard to hear, you know, and hard to take. When you uh, when you get there and and look, you know I I, I don't agree with them on the uh, the Iran especially on the Iranian um, nuclear plan at all. But uh, to think that he was he was purposely there to try to take mm-hmm. down um, uh, the uh, the country that he grew up in and, and succeeded to the point to become the president of the United States that he was simply there to just on some secret Muslim mission to to take it down. That must be very difficult. To uh, to take and and of course Trump, um, you know he asked for a lot of President Trump asked for a lot of his own own trouble with the tweets and all of that too. But boy, uh, the hatred that he had and and for his whole family, um, they they tortured him. It's not an easy job. I mean, there's uh, no. you you have a target on your back from day one before day yeah. one. Uh, exactly. Getting in there, it's a very nasty business. Oh yeah, and you do have to have a thick skin, and you have, and especially in this day of social media and instantaneous news reports, uh, you really have to be, you know, aware that any little thing, even if you sneeze or you drop something, it's going to make, you know, it's going to be repeated. It's going to, it's going to break the internet. Yeah, there's no doubt. Uh, Frank, when yeah. you hear so much more importantly, go to melissaitelljoran.com and uh, and check out the documentaries and uh, so much. Uh, there and and so much to uh, follow up on uh, if you binge listen to what we've been doing uh, for years now uh, there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of of topics you could choose from uh, Frank McKay here much more importantly Melissa I tell com is where you guys should go uh, M- Melissa the the idea that uh, 
people compare, and I, I make the comparison a little bit. Uh, I think it's Edith Wilson that was uh, Woodrow Wilson's wife, I think second wife, right? Was it the second wife? Um, uh, yes, she was, yes. Yeah, and she she was kind of running the show, if you uh-huh. read certain historians. She was running the show because he was completely senile um, by mm-hmm. many accounts. And well, he, he, he had a, I'm sorry, he had um. Uh, he had a stroke. Yes, that's what it was. He was incapacitated, probably couldn't speak, um, and and th- therefore she was, uh, you know, she took over. She was she was actually the gatekeeper, like Na- pretty much like Nancy Reagan. Maybe she had a little more power than Nancy Reagan. Yeah, but she might have been uh, the first female president, and we don't know it, and we don't credit it. Mm-hmm. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I I can't say that about. You know, you're right. I stand corrected. He had a stroke, is what uh, what it was, and he was incapacitated. Um, I'm not comparing Woodrow Wilson to uh, to uh, Joe Biden, but um, you know if he is uh, if if he is on uh, on his way to you know let's say early onset all time as I'm not saying he is I'm not I'm not qualified mm-hmm. to to say that but there are a lot of people who are um, mm-hmm. who are questioning whether he's fully there whether he's all uh, he's there and I think it's a I, I think it's a legitimate argument to uh to at least discuss whether he is so if he if he is in that situation then mm-hmm. you know all eyes should be on jill biden and where is she and she seems uh you know she seems competent right i mean her mind seems um seems to be there she's dr jill biden and um, well right but she's not a medical doctor she has a phd yes. in, in education Right. So, yeah, but l- listen, an intelligent woman, right? Seems like an yeah, yeah, and mm-hmm. seems to have her act together. Do you do you see her any comparisons to what she may have to be doing, and and what uh, Edith uh, Wilson did? Uh, no, not to that extent, because she. I don't think she's determining policy. She she may be a gatekeeper in the sense that. Uh, and, uh, she just, she tells her husband, well, this is what you're doing today. You're going to be speaking here. You're going to be doing this to, to make sure you do that. Um, I, she can't, I don't think she has, you know, security clearance, enough security clearance to, to have, you know, to be privy to his papers, to his, you know, to briefings, foreign policy briefings, et cetera. Um, not to the extent that Edith Wilson was. You know, in those days, I, in, in, in 1918, whenever, 1917, um, I don't think they had the, the high-level security briefings. And I think it was might have been more accessible for um, a, a, a presidential spouse than it was, you know, than it is now. I, you know, I don't even know what kind of uh, how how extensive Secret Service was in those days. So it was, I think it was much easier for Edith Wilson to, you know, um, in, in effect, um, kind of, you know, run the show from uh, from her husband's office while he was in, in bed, and, and and make it seem as though he was making, you know, he was working uh, from his bedside. Whereas today, I think it's much harder with all the people who are around, the advisors, the aides, um, you, you know, and, and, and they, you know, they listen to your to the phone calls, they monitor every, all communications. Um, they, you know, they, you know, going back to uh, as an example, uh, there's a they're they're they, they're claiming that 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 uh, President Trump was uh, that for the the number of hours that the uh, siege was going on on January 6th that he he was. Um, he was doing something else. There was no, um, there wasn't a listing of all the things he was supposed to do. His meetings, he was kind of it was that, those six hours are, have been left unaccounted for. So to, you know, back then in 1918, I, there wasn't such um, you know accountability. 
I, it was a different time. It, 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 you know, I, it, it, I don't even think um, his I, his aides were allowed in his in his you know in the living quarters. I don't know, but she had a, a free reign over everything. She had she could actually you know be more of a gatekeeper than say Nancy Reagan was. Nancy Reagan, you know, acted like you know she was you know this was her you know her domain. She wasn't going to let anyone get near her husband, especially after the assassination attempt. And um, you know, he had all the he had advisors. He had you know the cabinet. She um, she decided you know when he when he could talk to people. Uh, uh, he, she she told him you know, you should fire this one. You should fire that one. No, you can't talk to him now. Uh, she, you know she ha she had him um, listening to astrologers. <laughs> I mean, and 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 you know we're talking modern you know modern presidency, but. I think it would be harder for Jill Biden to do that because she doesn't have access to the high-level security briefings. But she can advise her, pre her husband, you know, this is what you're doing today. This is on your calendar. So we're going to do that. We're going to look this way, follow the notes. Everything is on the note card. Um, don't say too much. <laughs> so in that effect, in that, in that way, she is a gatekeeper. She is kind of, you know, Look, running things from from you know from the from behind the curtain. Getting back to Nancy Reagan, actually, before I ask, let me remind folks, MelissaItellJoran.com. Please go and check out the documentaries. Frank McKay here with uh, Renaissance Fund. Melissa I Tell Joran. I, let me ask you. Uh, you mentioned about uh, about uh, Nancy Reagan. Was Jean Dixon? Wasn't she the famous astrologer? Was she one of the astrologers? That, uh, um, that hmm. that that's a good question. Yeah, I, think. I don't know. I don't know if it was Gene Dixon. Maybe it was Gene Dixon, but I think it was somebody else from California. I don't know the name of this person. Jean, I know Gene Dixon said she, she was trying to warn the White House in, in, uh, about the Kennedy assassination. She, back then, she, she was trying to warn them, you know, don't, don't you know, be on the alert. Something, something bad is going to happen, and nobody listened to her. That's what she, she claimed. I don't know. Maybe Nancy Reagan did consult with Gene Dixon. I thought it was someone else from California, from, from you know, Nancy's California circle. You know, I just had... Uh, and I've had her on several times. I had a, a, a woman, a Long Island medium, uh, Teresa mm -hmm. Caputo. Yeah. I just yeah. had her on the other day, and I, oh, yeah. I asked mm -hmm. her if, if she's ever consulted by uh, or hired by agencies or, or you know, FBI or mm -hmm. crime fight, you know, mm -hmm. fighting mm -hmm. things. And she said no. She just said outright no. Mm -hmm. She dismissed it mm -hmm. like, uh, like mm -hmm. she didn't. But. Um, there are some, not to get sidetracked on that, but there are some uh, uh, people, and, and maybe uh, Nancy Reagan gave them a lot of credibility by, by doing that. Uh, anyway, back to, back to Joe Biden. Yeah, he has had a rough go of it. Uh, he's uh, had a rough time. And by the way, this, this was a week that he may have gotten a pass because Clarence Thomas's wife is under scrutiny. Yeah, yes, what, what Virginia, Virginia. Oh, she was sending emails to um, during the, you know, just before or during the January 6th event um, to um, Mark Meadows, uh, Trump's uh, chief of staff, encouraging him. I don't know. I'm not sure how, how accurate this is. Talking or discussing. I don't know about encouraging, but talking about why they need to do something about the election results. So the election results are not on the up and up. 
and she's been accused of encouraging him, colluding with him, which is uh, totally inappropriate for the spouse of a Supreme Court justice, and therefore um, she uh, is, been, is making it necessary for her husband, Clarence Thomas, to, to recuse himself, and uh, he should be censured by by uh, Chief Justice Roberts. And to go further, um, some people have actually called for his impeachment. Well, you know, you know, they might have a uh, they they might have a uh, a point there, um, mm -hmm. uh, but it's uh, you know again, you know, we don't know we don't know exactly yeah. Uh, yeah. what's what's happened, but um, you know she is um you know she has put her husband in a very uh precarious situation by uh by getting involved in those type of things and and people are going to question now that uh why did he uh, why didn't he recuse himself during uh, those situations i know i don't know but um and 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 there have been some justices who have recused themselves when there have been conflicts of, of interest um, but um, I don't know. I'm, 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 her, his wife, Jenny Virginia, is a, a known conservative activist. She's an attorney as well, but she is also a very well-known conservative activist. And uh, she may have been, uh, maybe, you know, perhaps she was, you know, being too, you know, uh, going over the, you know, extending her, her, the permissible border of, um, of, uh, you know, of of, of, of of public opinion, of her opinion uh, in, in public, um, you know, despite her husband's, uh, you know, her, her husband's position on the court. So uh, I don't know. Um, it's it's going to be a lot of outrage over this. And, and, you know, Clarence Thomas is not, is beloved in, in conservative circles. He's not uh, definitely in, uh, obviously, in, you know, in, in, in more liberal circles, and he is not a hero to the uh, to African Americans. They don't consider him a representative of, of their people, even though he has been on the court for a very long time. And and Joe Biden, you know, back then in in, in, uh, in during the confirmation hearings in 1991, actually uh, in some ways facilitated his confirmation. Yeah, uh, you know, not like Thurgood Marshall. Um, was a heroic figure, right, and to, uh, to uh, different communities. Um, and, and am I, uh, do I have that right? Thurgood Marshall, right? Uh, uh, he was, yeah. Yeah. yes. He had a first black, yeah. the first black American to serve on the court. Yeah, he had tremendous um, support within the uh, African-American uh, community. Um, but yet Clarence Thomas doesn't, and he's also no... He's no big hero of females. Of uh, no, no. That's Anita Hill. Mm -hmm. yeah. Anita Hill controversy. Uh, you know, yeah. Episode that uh, that happened, and uh, you know, at a time when, well, uh, again, we'd need a whole show to uh, to get into mm -hmm. uh, Clarence Thomas, but uh, you know, with uh, you know, getting back to President Biden, um, and again, Melissa, I tell is where everyone should go to check out the documentaries. Uh, and a starting point for all things, Melissa. Uh, let me uh, let me ask you this: as far as Biden goes, what's what does what's the best thing that Biden has going from uh, the the oil uh, the the oil situation looked like he was going to get you know give us some relief and you know who knows maybe uh, 
uh, maybe ultimately it will, but th that kind of blew up on him too, right? I mean, uh, everything, mm. everything this week has, has been a disaster for President Biden. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, but you know what? If if the if the release of the reserve oil helps at all, maybe that can help. That can. I mean, we know what he's doing this for because of the outcry against the you know the oil predicament in this country, the sky high oil price, gasoline prices. And, of course, the looming midterm elections, which do not look good for the Democrats. So maybe, you know, this is a last-ditch effort to get his – to save, you know, faith somehow. I don't know. But um, I, I I don't know. Um, you know, among his supporters, he, he's being uh, um, heralded for, you know, keeping a steady footing in this, you know, in, in this Ukrainian war, this Ukrainian invasion by presenting Putin with a united front by the allies, by by NATO. Uh, you know, he's uh, I mean, he and, and, and of course, you know, he made a, a very stark remark um, when he came back, when actually when he was in Poland and he saw the refugee families. And it's understandable. He was probably torn up by, you know, the the horrors that they had and that they had encountered and, and their uh, the, the terror. And, and that's understandable. And I think anyone would say that man has to go. Putin has to go. And he was criticized for saying that because that would, you know, that's just, you know, that's, that could just, you know, throw everything off balance. And, and even the Russian uh, spokesman, the Russian foreign minister said, uh, you know, that was an uncalled for, unnecessary comment. And, but but the left says that he's you know speaking his mind. He's saying what needs to what, what needed to be said all along. You know he's getting up. You know he's getting the gumption to say you know Putin's got to go. You know how can you do this to people? Yeah, it's uh, you know it's you still have to watch your words. I mean you get yeah. into emotions and and, mm -hmm. and I understand. You know like I was uh, you know I was there. You were there. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's a very emotional thing to see these people over there and and what's going on uh, let, let's talk about uh, that uh, uh, you know I, I know you follow the news closely and everything else uh, it, whenever they talk about peace talks I always kind of chuckle because there's no such thing as peace talks over there I mean that's that's not happening I guess Putin goes through it just to go through the motions but they've had I don't know like 15 conversations not him personally but his people and nothing seems to get done. And, and a lot of times Russia will say, well, we're going to slow down bombing of, of a certain city. And, and then, you know, you look at that certain city and it's pulverized already. And, mm -hmm. uh, and they were planning on moving out anyway, I'm, I, I'm sure. But what's, what's your latest on the war in the Ukraine and Russia's war on and their attacks on, uh, on the Ukraine? I, is it going any better for the Ukraine, and, and again, I know a lot of people celebrate the fact that that they're still fighting and that they're still they're doing this. But you know, let's keep in mind as we speak. This is April first, right? Well, you and I are speaking on April first, and I say that because some people might hear us on the third or the second, or right. you know, whatever. But we, here we are talking on April first, and the war just started February twenty fourth. So the thing is, mm -hmm. it's just a little over. A month, and uh, I I don't know. Did we just think that that Russia would own the Ukraine by now? But everyone's talking about how great, um, you, you know, the, uh, the Ukrainians are fighting. And I know it's blasphemy to uh, to question whether that's true or not or whatever. But what is your take on on the Ukraine? I mean, are are they 
Are they giving Russia more than they bargained for? Yes, definitely, because I think the Russian military is in disarray, and they're not as formidable as we at first suspected. And I think, you know, Putin imagined he would probably just, you know, do a, 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 a Hitler and just, you know, run over this in, you know, two days or something. Uh, but the, the Ukrainians do not want to capitulate, and they're trying to put up a fight. I mean, it is, it's, uh, I mean, they've destroyed, the country's destroyed, the people are in, are, are, their lives are in disarray, people have been killed. I mean, innocent children and women and children have been victims of, of the bombings. Um, but, and I, they're saying now that Putin's been kept in the dark by his uh, advisors about the extent to which things are going. You know, he's given, being given a different picture from the reality of the situation. Um, I think they're going to, they're supposed, they're in talks right now. Let's see what happens with that. I, I think um, a lot of people would love this for, to, to end. Uh, some say that there's, uh, there are uh, people in, the, in, in Congress and elsewhere who, who actually would, you know, want to support the military-industrial complex because they're making money in their, their stock portfolio, so they're, they're all for war. Um, but um, I think it's going to end up with some kind of um, some kind of uh, ceasefire. I hope, um, and I think the key is that that Ukraine does not join NATO; that they stay out of NATO. Um, I, I just wonder what will happen to Zelensky, and um, and 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 life for the, for the rest of the uh, of the country if, if if this goes into effect. I mean, and what's next for Putin? I mean, how far is he going to go? And then I think the next place we have to worry about is, is in, in Taiwan. You know, you know, China's taking this all in very, you know, they're watching it very carefully. You know, President Xi is, is no fool, and uh, he's taking notes. And I think uh, what we, we're going to see is uh, an alliance with Russia and, and China, with China being the, you know, the, the top guy, and, and um, Russia, the, you know, the subservient, the, uh, the subordinate. And... Um, Iran benefiting from this stupid deal that we've we've gotten ourselves into that we've decided to resume, and possibly, you know, obviously, not possibly, but certainly threatening Israel, and um, and then we have to look at Syria. I think, you know, that's another. You know, Russia went into Syria seven eight years ago when Obama was president. Obama didn't do anything. He didn't flinch, and I think that gave Putin the idea well. Now, let me, you know, if I can do that in Syria with Obama, and 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 let's see what happens with this with this country and you know down the road. And and if and lo and behold, we're down the drain now. Look at where we are. We're so we're in tethers. I mean, we're we're a shell of what we used to be. And he took advantage of that. Yeah, I mean it's uh, it, it's pretty incredible. I know we used to have four hundred thousand troops in. Mm -hmm. um, in Europe, and now I think, well, I don't know what, what's there right now, but there were only 90,000 when I was there um, from what people were telling me, that there were only 90,000 troops. So, I mean, that's a, that's a big, uh, big discount from where we were. That's a big difference and a big differential between uh, where we were and what, what we have. So the thing is, are we sending more troops over there? Uh, I'm, I'm very reluctant to, uh, to ever put uh, you know American lives in uh, in harm's way I mean that that's always last uh, you know the last ditch effort to uh, to save the world to, uh, to, to do that but um, I hope 
I, you know, I hope that, uh, that it doesn't become an American war, because if it becomes an American war, let's face it, you know, again, that's the Third World War. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and you know, I think you bring a, a great point up about China, that China is watching this. This is almost like a trial balloon for them, right? They're, mm-hmm. uh, they're watching what happens here, and, and Taiwan is, um, is something that China will, will go in. And guess what? I, I hate to say this because it sounds prejudicial, but the Western world, us, America, not you and me per se, but uh, the Western world will not pay as much attention because they don't look like us and they don't think like us and they don't, you know, that's Asia and, uh, and, and uh, uh, Taiwanese um, and, and, a Chi- and again, I, I want to be very clear that I'm not stating this, that I'm not stating that there should be uh, a difference, but uh, do you think people will care as much about China going into Taiwan as uh, as uh, Russia going into Ukraine? I think they will if we start to see the ball rolling, and uh, you know China, China, you know, making good on well, uh, they, didn't, they didn't promise it, but making good on the on the threat that we perceived. So. Um, I don't know when it's going to happen. I mean, if you believe in the apocalypse theories and the three horsemen, <laughs> you say, oh, okay, it's coming, you know. But um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It, it remains to be seen. This is something, this is a serious issue. How are we going to respond? Are we just going to sit back and let it happen? Yeah, Neville Chamberlain type of thing, peace in our times. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, will will Biden do that? Um but I, I don't know. I mean, what would you I, I mean, this is a it's a hard question because we don't know. Um, you, you know, we, we don't know exactly how it plays out. Uh, Biden, uh, President Biden, I should say, uh, is is uh, uh, gaff prone, as I said. And uh, and he's he said a lot of things that I wouldn't say. Um, but I'm looking at what he's done and what I would have done. And I think almost, and, and you alluded to this in the very beginning of this conversation, that it, he's in a very difficult position. That, I, I mean, to be president of the United States, but in this particular case with the Ukraine um, defending themselves against the aggressor, Russia, what exactly do you do? Like, I'm not so sure that there's much that he's done, because I, I think he is following directions. He's following the, the directions of the military, right? I mean, his military advisors are saying, hey, don't do this, or do this, or don't do not do that. Or do. I, I think he's probably listening to his advisors more so than, say, President Trump would. And and I think it's a good thing, you know, to, to listen to your advisors. He doesn't, he certainly doesn't look strong or sound strong when he, when he speaks or when he acts. And, and that's, that's a problem, because Ronald Reagan always looked strong. Yeah? I mean, even when he made that stupid joke, uh, or whatever, it, it scared the hell out of everybody, <laughs> out of everybody uh, uh, in the Soviet Union, everybody in the world, everybody in America. But the thing is that uh, he didn't look weak, Reagan. He hardly looked weak. Maybe at the end when, when Nancy was doing all the talking for him, and I don't recall, I don't recall, and all of that with Iran uh, Contra. But other than he didn't look weak. And, and the, the difference is that President Biden... Uh, you could make a very strong argument that he looks very weak during this whole oh, thing. Yeah. But yeah, the, yeah. the question I have for you is how much different would you uh, ha- have proceeded 
if you were president than what Biden has done? I don't know. It's hard to say. Yes, I wouldn't. I, know, I'd, I, I wouldn't want us to get into a situation where we're all, you know, we're, we're, we're uh, both have we both have our fingers on the trigger button, you know, the red button. <laughs> I don't think so. No, no. Um, but um, I, I think you know we're not taken seriously. This country is not taken seriously now. Of course, the argument is made that if Trump were still in office, none of this would have happened. Maybe, perhaps. I don't know. I mean, it, 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 I, and I'm not saying that that Trump seemed more uh, formidable. He probably did. He didn't. You know, he 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 had a, he has a more, uh, I guess, of a, a, what were you going to say? A presence. He has more of a presence. Yeah, true. the big bullying. Yes, a very big presence yeah. that that borders on bullying. You know, and and and, and but. I don't know. Uh, they, it, 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 it's been in the cards. It's been it's been foretold for many years. It's been prophesied that that Taiwan is going to is going to you know is going to drop into you know President Z's lap. He's going to it's going to be the next thing under attack. And everybody's been talking about Ukraine as a possibility. And I think intelligence sources knew about this months before. And yes, it doesn't help that that Joe Biden comes across as being um, somewhat. Um, somewhat uh, meek yeah. and he, I don't like to say that I don't like when people say that about me because I'm anything but meek but given his age uh, his his gaffes uh, and and, uh, and let's face it he you know he's he's 79 years old it's it's very difficult I mean look at Nancy Pelosi who's what 80 81 and she's already being uh, she's already the talk of, of the town for her Strange, her peculiar hand gestures and uh, gestures, and her her quivering voice, and people wondering, you know, what's up with that? Is she on medication? Is she, you know, is she, you know, is she going into a, a certain frame of mind? <laughs> you know, maybe it's time to, you know, you know, pack up the pack up the bag and and, and leave the key and you know go back to California. So, uh, <laughs> don't give that key to AOC. Oh no! Oh, that's another one. Oh, she's. Uh, if you go the in the other direction, you've got a real, you know, a real, uh, you know, loose cannon who I I think doesn't know what she's talking about. No, well, yeah, without question. But uh, the squad, right? This is oh, the, the, the extreme. Uh, what yeah. What have they been saying about this Russian-Ukrainian situation? Uh, well, you know, they've been they've been critical of Joe Biden anyway because he's not done enough. For their, you know, to promote their agenda for for the American working public, um, you know, he he hasn't put through the, you know, the the uh, the main plan of the uh, of the uh, of the uh, budget, you know, to the, you know, to for, for give uh, everything totally to, you know, to uh, yes, the new Green Deal and their and their spending plan that was supposed to elevate everyone, you know, but in giving in effect giving out a, you know free lunch to everybody and. And, and and they felt that he he's abandoned them on on that, and he he made a, a promise that he would, you know, he would pander to them, you know, he would consider them, and 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 and, and because that's why he sort of moved to the left, more so. But um, I think though uh, uh, they're they're probably worried about the fact that uh, so much support is being given to um, to 
Zelensky, who happens to be Jewish, and I think that's a that's a that's a, a bone in their that's that's the bane of their existence. That's that's a, 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 a the dagger on their in their you know in their chest. That's the thorn the thorn in their side. The fact that there's so much attention being paid to him, and they're again they're appropriating so much, you know, so many hundreds of millions of dollars, uh, you know, to their defense. And and it's it, that's one of the major um, major criticisms of the squad outcry against what's uh, our policy toward Ukraine. Yeah, no, right. I I, I agree with you. They they're terrible. Uh, they, those those folks, uh, the squad. What is it? The gang of four, as you used to call them, plus four now. Is it two? Yes, I, oh, two. Some I don't. Know, I've lost count. <laughs> they're growing. Yes, they're getting new members. Sign up, you know. <laughs> right. They're, they're, so they they they've got a little little larger squad going on. Yeah, a little bigger squad now. Yes. But you would have a hard time uh, explaining to me how Talib and Omar aren't just uh, anti-Israel, uh, but that they're, they're anti-Semitic. I mean, I I they are they are terrible, terrible mm-hmm. when it comes to um, you know how to treat our our best friends in this world. I mean, let's face it. I mean, Israel, uh, Israel or, or the UK, by far are the best friends that we've ever had in um, uh, in uh, you know in, in American history. I mean, these are and and without Israel and without Israel's presence, God knows what we'd be talking about right now in the in the Middle East. It's already a mess. But uh, without Israel there, you imagine what it would be. It would be a free for all. It would. It would. It really would. Because this is where we are. We're so divided. We're so contentious that we we we've lost sight of ourselves and and, and our our adversaries, China and Russia, are delighted. They're seeing us implode. We're practically imploding, and that's what they want. Yeah, it's a it's a process, but it's uh, it's it's having an its effect on us. By the way, quick point about President Trump and Putin. Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of people will say, "Oh, this wouldn't be happening," or whatever. You know, the the weakest moment that uh, President Trump had from a lot of conservative standpoint was when he had that summit with uh, Vladimir Putin. And, uh, and and he looked weak, right? I mean, he looked like he was pandering to Putin, was he not? I think we did a show on it. And yeah. uh, and Newt Gingrich was Boy. very mm-hmm. critical of, of President Trump. And, and, of course, he was hardly ever critical of President Trump but he was like, "Yo, this was a bad moment, but he'll bounce back from it and and whatever." But uh, a lot of conservatives were outright saying that. So when people say, "Oh, uh, you know," I think when I did Hannity's uh, radio show, um, he he led off with with me, and he didn't ask me, but he made a statement saying that Putin shakes in the, in his boots when he hears Trump's name. Uh, I didn't see it as that. I didn't I didn't see that being the case, to be honest with you. No, I I didn't. I don't know. It's possible that that Putin was put off by Trump and, and was hesitant in, in, in starting this. Um, but you know, we're at, you know we're, we're at the, the perfect juncture for as far as Russia and China are concerned. We we just started. We're a shell of ourselves, our former selves. We, especially now, nobody. They're not taking us seriously. I mean, I think you know, Secretary of State Blinken and, and Secretary of the Defense Austin are trying their their best. You know, to walk around uh, some of the, the uh, you know, the, the, the controversy, 
trying to, you know, maneuver things to try to navigate our, our ways, you know, in, in, in talks to, you know, keep us afloat. But it's just very hard. We don't we don't have the gravitas that we used to have, and therefore we don't get the respect uh, from from these, uh, you know, these these tough. I'm calling them thugs. You know, I know what people are going to say. Putin's not really a thug. I mean, you think about where he's coming from. Yes, I have thought about it. You know, he feels that. You know, if Ukraine is right on their doorstep, and if they go to to NATO and and they get armed, and it's, it's a threat to them, and, and and Putin's been he's been shunned by the United States before. He was denied admission to NATO. He asked to be in NATO. He wanted to be a working partner, and he was just they slammed the door in his face. You know, I understand that, but when you're dealing with you know dictatorships like in China or Russia. Uh, you 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 know you gotta have the weight to throw around, and and we don't have that now. We are so divided that people are going to take advantage of us. I mean, this is just basic, basic schoolyard uh, politics, you know. When they or, or workplace or anything, there are devious people out there who see this. Oh, let's see, he's bad. Let me kick him more to the. Let me kick him when he's down. That people do that. I know that's that's human nature. Well, just to kind of wrap a bow on this conversation, what's What's next for Biden? What's the what should we be watching? What what are his next moves? What are his potential um, uh, pitfalls that are coming up mm-hmm. real soon? Uh, you know, a lot of it has to do with the the oil, I imagine, right? And mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. Else. And, uh, mm-hmm. and and of course the ongoing uh, Russia-Ukrainian war. Yeah. Well, now he he mentioned. You know, he seems to tell people, gives you a preview of what's to come, which is interesting. It's fascinating. You know, usually we were kept in the dark about it. We weren't told uh, things that were about to come. Well, he mentioned it in one of his, um, during one of his briefings that there might be a food shortage. <laughs> yeah. oh, it's really great. There's a food shortage, yeah. And uh, I think he's, he's trying to, um, to uh, he's trying to diffuse the situation by opening up the oil reserves because he knows his, his poll numbers are going to start tanking and, and the the, the disastrous midterms, the, those, those dire, the, the dire straits of the midterms are looming in the distance, and maybe he wants to try to, you know, throw in some more, you know, throw in some, some, you know, some flotational devices. Some <laughs> here, let me throw this in. Yeah, grab that and hold on to it. You know, so uh, yeah, let's see what happens with the, this, um, the, he, the, the food shortage that he, he casually mentioned. Like food shortage, food shortage, you know. Like we're, uh, yeah. I mean, we're already seeing what's going on. With yeah. Michelle. And uh, it's hard to right, get right. It's hard to get cat food. Oh yeah, it's it's terrible. I mean, it's it's and the prices. I, I mean, if you look at uh, uh, toilet paper now. <laughs> Remember, we couldn't get toilet paper two years ago, and well, now you know if you're not careful, if you don't, if you if you you don't notice the price, if they don't list the price. Uh, don't be shocked when you look at your receipt and you realize you paid 15 bucks for, you know, mega rolls of uh, <laughs> something you would have paid maybe seven, eight dollars for, you know, not too long ago. Yeah, it's crazy. What, what a, a yeah. what a what a situation we're in. Well, Melissa. Yeah. Uh, by the way, gold prices. If people uh, have mm. gold to sell, I guess now is the time mm. to sell. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? I mean, it's I don't I don't remember it being this high. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Gold is very high. Gold is high now, especially if you're um, if you're looking uh, if you're interested in jewelry. Yes, gold is pretty high yeah. right now. And now's the time to sell your jewelry. Mm-hmm. You could if you wanted, but if you're in the market for a new for jewelry, if someone's going to buy you a gift, 
I have to shop around. Everything is pretty high, pretty high. No doubt mm -hmm. about it. Melissa, thank you very much. Uh, thank you, and thanks to everyone out there who listens to us loyally every week, and, new, and any new listeners, you know, we're glad to have you. Yes, 100%, and you'll be able to, uh, to see us on, on TV very shortly and uh, uh, through Roku and uh, in different uh, areas, maybe through uh, some of the Amazon outlets, maybe Amazon Fire later in the year, but uh, right away uh, you'll be able to see us in the next, uh, next few weeks. We'll be able to be announcing uh, where you can see the documentaries and also have links to our, uh, our past radio shows here. Frank McKay <coughs> signing off. Go to MelissaItellJoran.com, and we'll see you all next time on the Melissa I Tell Joran Show. You've been listening to Melissa I Tell Joran and co-host Frank McKay on Breaking It Down Radio.